What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to episode 33 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast. That's right. The alternative underground, back alley, secret society, underbelly, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners. I'm just going to jump right in here to episode 33. We're just coming off the road trip. We're starting a series right now with the Washington Nationals. We're just going to take a look at, you know, some things that people are freaking out about, some things that we're hearing on the radio or on our other podcasts and just kind of diving into these things so that, you know, we can move on and move forward. And yes, we will be talking about the BJ by the Bay. That'll be at the end of the episode. So if you're listening to this at home uh, or in the car, earmuff time or tuck the kids to bed or have them go outside and play if you want to hear that. Just a little bit of a warning. We are going to do a little bit of rye beard and mustard after hours here at the end of the episode. Anyways, thanks again for liking, subscribing, and following. That's really helping us out, especially when you're downloading these episodes. Also, if you're looking to start a podcast yourself, Buzzsprout is the place to do it. If you're like, man, I I can do a better job than this, uh, <laughs> or you have a message that you want to get out to the world, just follow the uh, show notes. And at the end, there is a link right there. Waiting in that link is a $20 gift card to get yourself started here on Buzzsprout. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way. This is episode 33 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast. So I did pour just the smallest, smallest cordial of uh, a cognac that Carl Tart uh, left over here. It was in my cupboard. I was actually, I don't know what the hell I was looking for. And I was like, hmm. That's weird. I don't drink. Oh, this is Carl's Cognac. My voice feels a little like, so I'm just going to, you know, you got to take care of your vocals, right? Yeah, you bet. Now, let me Get them you. loosened up. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. So, everybody is freaking out. You know how we should start this uh, podcast off, you know? Where do you want to start? I think I just want to read... Something from one of the Mariners groups just to just to kick us off, okay? I mean, I'm I'm literally opening up my computer right now, and I'm logging into my Facebook. So fix this, and we're gonna go to a group. Uh, I have a few of Facebook groups here <laughs> that I'm part. We either have True to True to the Mariners Fan Zone. We could check them out. Shout out to them. We have Seattle Mariners Development and Majors and Minors. Uh, we also have Real Talk Mariners. We also have Seattle Super Fans, and we have uh, True to the Blue, um, and we also have Real Seattle Mariners fans. Uh, which one of these should we go to? Uh, just try to find a, a comment. Just, just a, just a, just to have an organic open to the show here. So, 
I say we go to the the True Mariner fans, and before we go into it, I know that the the site I look at on Twitter on Sunday night, there was a few Mariner fans that said, I will see you again on Tuesday when the game starts. I know these next two days are just going to be miserable. So I have an idea of where this might be going. Okay. So I just went to the True Mariners fan zone. They have 1.3 members. Uh, 1.3. So they have 1,300 members. It's a nice little, tight little, but strong community. This one's not as negative as the other. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Art Jenkins says, M's lost two series to the Rangers and the A's, two of the worst teams in baseball. And they think they're a playoff team? Their pitcher... They mortgaged to the farm for couldn't get it done. He can only allow one run with our putrid hitters, but our offense is even worse. Bring Torrance back up. Caselli <laughs> is awful at the plate and Santana should be a pinch hitter only. Why is Julio leading off? How many runs could he have driven in in those three hits today? Instead, he only has one RBI. Yeah, he's speaking truth to power there, isn't he? Yeah, so let's let's this is our organic open to episode thirty-three. So again, he says this is all true, right? We lost two series to the Rangers and A's. He's forgetting the meat in that sandwich, which is they swept Anaheim. They came back into town. A little bit licking their wounds, a little little tired. It's probably good to be back home, you know, just to you know, have grandma do your laundry and, uh, you know, head to Dick's, head to Ozzy's, head to the Sloop, get yourself a Sloop. Just get a little, you know, balance. They've, the Mariners have been through a lot. They had the big series at home with the Yankees in the week before that, riding really, really high. But again, I think those series took a lot out of the team. So w- what do you think? What do you think about this road trip really quickly? Yeah, overall, you know, it's probably just the bare minimum as far as wins that we got on the trip. But, you know, in between, you know, we got a nice three-game sweep. Yeah, it's frustrating. We did not take the series of those first and last series. But, you know, it happens. There's a few things that were bothersome to me, but I'm not ready to overreact yet. Right. And let's go to a second sentence he says here. Uh, the second, these were two of the worst teams in baseball. I was like, true, true. With the all, well, not true. I don't. Texas is the team that you could say now is not part of the wild card chase. Maybe a month ago they were still in there, hanging in there. But these, you know, some of these series losses that we handed them right around the All Star break, and you know, having to play the, the Houston Astros, they're they're that team that's on that cusp of you know, contending for a wild card to be accurate. They're no longer part of this race. They're not going to pull themselves back into it, but I'm, they're not one of the worst teams. I would not put the Rangers in the category with like the Washington nationals or the A's, if you will. Uh, What do you think about that? Uh, Oh, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, record wise, you know, the A's aren't, are probably one of the worst teams along with the Nationals, like you said. But, you know, it's baseball. It happens. So, like I said, I'm more a little bit half, last half full right now. Um, if you would have 
asked me right after about four o'clock on Sunday, I might've gave you a different answer. I was a little frustrated, but it happened. So we got to take care of business coming up and then we got another tough series with Cleveland. So, you know, that's why we, well, we got 40 left. So I feel like we're in the part of the season. I'll give you an analogy, you know, running the bases. We've, we rounded second. We're looking at third. We're almost ready to go to third and the third base coach is waving us home. So we're right there towards the end and just got to sprint and make our last push to the playoffs. Unless he throws up a stop sign, then it's inexcusable. You better score. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those are uh, words out of your mouth. Uh, let's break down the next <laughs> sentence. Let's break down this next sentence. And they think they're a playoff team with two question marks. Uh, I think they think they're a playoff team. I think they're a playoff team. Uh, I also know of other, you know, quote, playoff teams, Yankees, Astros, that have been beaten by not good teams. Uh, the Houston Astros were swept by these Oakland A's, and then I think like a week or so later, the A's took a series from them. And we all know the rough time that the Yankees are having right now, but are the Yankees a playoff team? Yes. Are the Mariners a playoff team? I think so. I really, really think so. So I'm going to say, yeah, and I think they think they are too. You know, you know, could games like this, you know, cost you in the end? Sure, that's why you have the spoilers. And these teams are out there with, you know, professional players in it too. And if you're not, if you're, you know, not answering the bell, they're going to knock you out. It's just, that's the way it goes. There's 162 of these things. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, it happens, but yeah, we need to get more consistent on a lot of things. And that definitely includes winning series to try to keep up with everybody. So yeah, it happens. I mean, like you said, the cream of the crop in the AL, the New York Yankees and Houston Astros have struggled against teams, but you know, I wonder if their fan base flips out and the answer is yes. So I mean, it's just not natural being a fan to get worked up over. But we're playing tomorrow. Hopefully get things turned around. Uh, their next sentence is, the pitcher they mortgaged the farm for couldn't get it done. That's <laughs> that's next. I mean, come on. He, 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 he took out the Yankees twice on his first day on the job, like Jerry DePoto says. On his first day of the job, went into the Yankee Stadium and stuck it to him. He carried us through most of that 13 inning affair we just couldn't you know we were who we were going on up against Cole I mean come on we couldn't we couldn't I mean he kept us in that game either there was no margin for error and then he goes into Anaheim takes care of them like he should and then yeah he didn't have you know the best location on all of his good stuff in this game but he still gave you a chance to win. He still gave you a chance. He still gave the Mariners a chance to score four or five runs against a team that you should be able to, you know, score four or five runs. I mean, you scored 10, you know, less than 48 hours before that. So I don't feel like any of the blame should be pointed towards Castillo, especially this, this harshly. I think that's just, an oh, yeah. I think that's just a, emotional overreaction yeah i agree i mean i could also emotionally overreact and say he puked his start you know i mean it was the worst he's thrown for us but 
and at reality, like you said, all those things you mentioned, he wasn't locating his pitches that well. He gave up the most runs he's given up this year. But in reality, it wasn't that bad. We needed the offense to jump in and pick him up. And it's usually our pitching always carrying us. And sometimes we need the bats to help out our starters. Right. And again, he uh, just the, the A's came out there looking to hit, hit the fastball. And they did right out the gate. Yeah. We've got guys from all over the world in our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help him out. I like a double tall latte, please. I like a double tall latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey duck. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. The Seattle Mariners. You gotta love these guys. Just sure, you betcha. Next sentence. He can only allow one run with our putrid hitters. Well, I mean, he's kind of got a case for one because Tio's been pitching. <laughs> I mean, he's got a case. Art Jenkins, you got a case there. Uh, I think putrid. <laughs> that, that's a funny. Listen, that shit's funny and, you know, somewhat deserved. <laughs> right? Next, next, next sentence. But our defense is even worse. This weekend, it wasn't great. It wasn't the Mariners' defense that we are accustomed to. And sometimes when you, again, we kind of felt like this with the Seattle Seahawks defense back in the, you know, the glory years here uh, with the Legion of Boom. We set this bar so high that this is what you expect all the time. And, yeah, there was some boneheaded stuff. I know that that Frazier error was kind of weird, whether he didn't, see the ball after it hit him or he just thought the play was over um you also had some sloppy outfield play you know when you had castillo the other castillo um in the extra inning game when you brought in the defense to make play and you jump off the mound and try to make an athletic play when that's not that's way over your pay grade i get it it wasn't it the defense was not very uh, 2022 Mariner like this weekend in Oakland. No, and you know, like you said, that Frazier one might have been the sun or something that happened. The one right after it hit the lamb really bothered me. Not so oh, much God. that you couldn't see it, but you got to use your glove. I mean, that guy's from Seattle. He's played. He's played. What little league did he play in? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, but he's trying he, Yeah, you know, up here, five o'clock, you got terrible sun almost in all the right fields, whether it's Loyal Heights, uh, whether it's Lower Woodland, uh, you know, uh, Whitman's Field, uh, Queen Anne, uh, Rainier Playfield on the 90, on the 90 foot. You, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta put your glove up and run with the glove up. I mean, it's kind of some little league stuff, I know. I know they got the expensive Oakleys and, you know, the radar shades on and shit, but come on, you got to just get that glove up there. Yeah. I mean, luckily he didn't have his sunglasses on top of his head, uh, hat. Oh, he had them on, but, um, it was just the, what bugged me so much is it was an air right after an air. So it just, you know, compounded. And once you have that first air by Frazier, you could tell the momentum was changing and, you know, to have another air that next to bat was so frustrating to me. And they ended up having to get basically five outs that inning, like we talked about. 
um, you and me just after that game. And uh, so, yeah, that was rough. And there's a couple more. But, yeah, I agree the defense was not up to par this uh open series and i do have to admit i reread i read that sentence wrong it says but our offense is even worse um <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the defense was not great but what well, our offense is even worse i've seen it worse i've definitely seen it worse than it was there yeah just the whole not being able to do anything with runners in scoring position is frustrating it seems like we just cannot you know 120 games into the season cannot figure that out for a long time sustained period um so yeah he's got a point here next sentence bring Terenz back up i don't know about that uh caselli is awful at the plate well <laughs> it's hard to argue for caselli i do feel like we should give him a little bit more time you never know um but if Terenz is doing something down there that makes sense that makes a case sure i don't think he's been down there long enough to make that case I agree with that. I mean, they outright DFA'd him. And the the biggest part of this isn't because he can't hit. It's that he can't play the catching position and play the catcher position. And that's what we need on the team. We don't need another DH. We have plenty of those. Yeah, we need him to be able to catch the ball, call a good game, block the difficult ones in the dirt, and um, compliment um Raleigh as much as he can so we don't have a big drop off you're exactly right and the next sentence and Santana should be a pinch hitter only uh I think that's kind of the pl- supposed to be the plan um you know injuries uh Kyle Lewis not being up here um you know Hanniger playing a little bit more field in the field Winker not doing you know as much that we can't really depend on him, especially late in the game, especially on the defensive side. So it's kind of, you know, I think Santana, sure, he's played more than you'd expect him to. I think he's following back more into that pinch hitter, um, day off, play a game. Um, I, I, I think he's not a guy we're leaning on to lead the team. He's just come up big in spots and, for fans just to expect him to always be like that, I think is a little, a little far fetched. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he isn't having a great average, consistent, consistent average this year, but he's won us a lot of games and came through clutch when we needed him to hit a long ball and win his games. And you know, when France was out for that little time, he stepped in great, played good defense. I agree. Yeah, he's probably more of a pinch hitter on our team, but. He could play a couple days a week if need be in and out of the lineup. But yeah, I'm not going to hate on the guy. We know what he is. You know, he's at the end of his career. That's just kind of, this is, he's more than a pinch hitter. He's more than a pinch hitter. Um, I just think like he's probably been asked to do more than what I even think the organization wanted him to do just because of the way things have been. Absolutely. And he's been a good leader too. So Lou Pinella has started snacking on sun-giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste, or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love sun-giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on sun-giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? There's something good under the sun. Sun-giant 
Next sentence. Why is Julio still leading off? Well, I think the idea is nowadays to get your best hitters right at the top of the lineup, especially in one and two. So if your lineup turns over and you get that, you know, fifth that bat, that's the way it's designed. Uh, I think this is a two-part sentence here. He says, why is Julio still leading off? How many runs could have been driven in with those three hits today? Instead, he only had one RBI. I mean, that is a good point. That is a good point, but we haven't had anybody there in that spot that can really hold it down all year. JP's definitely not the guy. We'll get into him in a little bit. He's not the leadoff hitter this year like he was last year. He's not going to all fields. You know, he's pulling the ball, trying to mash. Uh, that's just not his makeup right now. Um, Frazier... You know, I guess he was a good option, but, he, you know, he hasn't showed that he can just stay consistent for, and with like, I don't know. I, I guess like that's not a fair statement. He has been consistent. Um, I think maybe he would be your next best option or maybe a Haggerty when you're getting in there. But I just feel like there's not enough time right now to really tinker with that. You kind of got to go with what's worked and that's worked pretty good for the team and two for Julio. Uh, but I, I can see, and I have heard this discussion. So he does have, you know, an argument here with that, that line. I just don't know what the other option is that works. And then where do you put Julio? I guess you'd put him at number two. Maybe that is something that happens because Ty France has been struggling. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that could be an option, you know, moving Julio down to two and dropping France down the down the order a little bit until he keeps uh, gets it going again. You know, he's a great hitter. He's had that injury. I don't know if that's a problem with he's having trouble or he's just not seeing the ball right now. But, you know, he's just been too good of a hitter and really carried us at the beginning of the year where he's going to he's going to come around eventually. Luckily, I mean, to be honest with you, since he's kind of gone through this funk, we've had some guys step up, Hanniger and, you know, a few other guys, Suarez with some big hits and home runs. But, um, yeah, it just, when it's not going well, it just kind of seems every time that France is up, you know, he's unable to drive them in, and that's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, that's Art Jenkins' uh, post in the true Mariners fan zone. And Art, if you're listening to this, I'm not picking on you. I, would, I literally was scrolling down and the, this was the first rant I saw. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of weight to some of these things. Some of these things I think are emotional reaction, but you're a Mariners fan. You're allowed to, you know, feel like that. And Hannah, I know originally when we were going into this episode, we were going to go through some of, you know, our followers tr- tweets or things that, uh, they were saying I kind of got sidetracked here and uh, we just kind of had that organic open. What did you have? So just trying to, just trying to finish this off. I came across this tweet from a new uh, follower of ours, Myron. His name's uh, Mariner Steve. Mariner. So his name's Mariner Steve. Yeah. Yeah. What and, up? Uh, so is Mariner Steve, like scuba Steve, you know, from the Sandler movie, big day. Remember scuba? Anyways, uh, Mariner Steve, what up? So he just wrote this tweet a little while ago, and I came across it on my timeline, and he writes, the Mariners just lost the series to Oakland and ended up gaining a half game above the closest wild card team. That's crazy. So I was looking half, last half full, and that's 
remarkable. You know, everybody's down and everything. Yeah, we could have maybe gained some more games if we won, but we had lost that series, and we still gained on the wild card teams, and I think that's pretty positive. It is. I mean, these teams are going to beat up on each other. The, it would be great to you know, take care of the games that maybe Vegas says we should win or the fans say we should win or I say we should win and the team says they should win. But, you know, you got to go out there and you got to perform. You can't just fill up the lineup card and look at yesterday's box score and just be like, this is what's going to happen. So it's going to be tough. And remember, we're Mariners fans. It's totally fine to be fucking skeptical. We've been hurt. We've been scarred. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor, catch it. The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. I know we, uh, there in that uh, organic open from that rant on on the Facebook group, we kind of covered a lot of what we were going to talk about, you know, honestly, here on this podcast. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to dive into a little bit more or that wasn't there in that, um, that lovely post. Well, another play that happened in the Oakland series that kind of had me frustrated, and the Mariners really need to get this figured out, um, was that play hit to right center field where both Haniger and Julio were converging again, and there was a misplay. You know that that happened in the previous series in Anaheim, but it happened again. Where yeah, it and that like cost, uh, Cas- kind of- cost Castillo a home run, right? Yeah, in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And then um, in Oakland... It wasn't hit so far to the wall, but it was on the warning track, and they were kind of not communicating, or it just looked unsure of who was going to get it, but Julio tried to catch it, and maybe took his eye off of it, hit his glove, and dropped, and, you know, I hope these guys just get it figured out. I mean, Julio's had a lot of trouble with his outfielders this year. We've seen a lot of plays like that. He's had and to play he, with a know, lot of different people, too. It's just been a lot of different people. I think, I mean, we don't think we know. The only thing that's really, really been certain out there is him. And, yeah, Winker's been out there, but I don't know how much of a help he's been out there. I guess that's the person he's played to next. I mean, I don't mean to be so harsh, but I, I can't. No, absolutely. And Julio can cover a lot of ground. I just want to make sure, you know, they've had a little fumble or air in back-to-back series with the same two players involved and you know i'm just i'm sure they're you know working it out but it was just it's one of those things that you can't give players or teams extra outs no and especially if there's two outs (laughs) because the pop fly and two out means everybody scores maybe even maybe even the damn hitter I mean, that's, you know, it's not an infield error. It's a, it's an error that happens 280 feet away. Yeah. It's just and usually, and usually can result in an injury. Absolutely. It's, I mean, maybe I'm nitpicking, but it was just one of those plays that I really focused on throughout the series. It bothered me. And I know that there's such, those two, are, you know, are our best outfielders and especially Julio. 
And those aren't plays you think that he would have a mistake on. And you can't have any more mistakes on him. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I do want to say I agree with you. I think there was some defense in Texas and in Anaheim that wasn't, you know, what we were seeing all year long up to this point, you know, but we're, we're also the best defensive team in all the baseball. So, I mean, the, 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 the standard is very, very high. We also had, of course, that uh, extra inning game where we just bad communication there in the infield. It happens. It happens. Yeah. It, you know, um, and a winker played that one off the wall in that third game very poorly that, you know, and did another triple hit to left field. And we know that Winker's not that great of an outfielder, but, and though some of those are hard to judge off the wall, I but know. it's, you know, I'm just but, making but it. But I get it. If it you should be made better. If you can't throw the ball very well, then you need to be able to clean, uh, cleanly field the ball. Cause you can't, you can't do both poorly. You can maybe get away with one. You can get away with not having the range and, all this and that, but then you, you know, you got to hit the cutoff, man. You got to hit him square. Uh, you know, on some of those I've seen, uh, JP, you know, bail him out, you know, uh, with some digs and things like that on the relay, you know, you know, the plus side though, I've seen Hannah, uh, Haggerty make some good plays and, you know, Hanniger looks like, you know, he's got a spring to his step right now. So th- those are the things that they could keep building off of. I think, again, like I said, that Frazier air was v- just strange. You know, the sun was out, weird time of day. I think it's one of these, uh, you know, learning lessons. And I'm sure Perry Hill's going to be waiting for him bright and early tomorrow with that fungo bat. And Maniac is going to be out there running his chops too. So th- I'm sure these are the, 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 these are the, these are the moments that, you know, they really can, you know, make a difference with these guys and like re iterating all these things that you worked on in spring training, which, you know, to be fair, was a lot of miles ago. Absolutely. And then, you know, I've seen him make these plays throughout the year. And then when they have a, like that in the costly situation or even a situation that's not that big a deal maybe the first hitter of the of the inning but it can turn into other things like we saw so it kind of compounds and then makes it worse so you know they'll get it going here we know they can make the plays like you said they've been rated the best defense as far as airs throughout the year but um uh you know that's not always the metrics to judge a you know teams by um how they perform on defense as well, but it's there's it's just I don't know enough of that. And remember, you can't score any runs unless you get some hits. All right, now let's get a hitter up there. You kid, what's your name? Ruth, sir. Ruth, Ruth, what? George Herman, Ruth, sir. But my friends call me Babe. Babe, another Babe Ruth. Well, step up to the plate, Babe, and maybe swat out a few. Hey, Turk, chuck a few into the next Babe Ruth. When you've got a well-known name, people expect a lot. You don't fool around. We've got a beer named after the city that means beer. Old Milwaukee. It's a tough name to live up to, but Old Milwaukee is one of the fastest-growing major beers in the country. Tell me, babe, 
You don't happen to know any kids named Garrick, do you? Old Milwaukee beer tastes as great as its name. An interesting take on the Bump and Stacy show on 710 Seattle Sports, formerly 710 ESPN, uh, Jason Churchill. Um, he's been on there before. I, I'm not really that familiar with him, but you are. You say he's got a good show and all this and that. Yeah, he does a podcast, and him and another guy, Steve Sandler, used to do a show up in the mornings on another sports radio station up in Everett. It was good. I mean, they're baseball heads. They're steam heads. They're, they like talking ball, so... Yeah, Churchill's very knowledgeable, in my opinion. Yeah, he had some pretty, like, drastically, like, just real rough takes, you know, that were just, you know, I'm sure there's some truth or there's some denial about it, but uh, he was, you know, he was talking about certain players on the team. I mean, the easy target right away is Winker, where um, he's kind of been saying what we're saying, where it's just like, yeah, it's it's hard to rely on this guy and also to commit to him being like your everyday left fielder, but you're kind of in this situation where you're like, you can only run Haggerty out there so much. Uh, like how, the amount that we're getting Haggerty right now is perfect, right? You, you just don't want him out there every day or else you can expose him, right? I mean, it's kind of yeah, like... I would agree with all that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, well, basketball, right? You know, uh that that once you get into the finals or deep into playoffs, every team has you know somebody that's almost as good as LeBron or something. You know, a couple of you know a couple of stars, a couple of MVP candidates, good starting five. It's that second unit that really makes the difference, and I, I think that's no difference here. If you you know take a bench player, a role player, and you put them in the starting five, and you switch the game up. It's different. It's just a different thing. I mean, who's the guys that used to kill the Sonics, if you can remember the Sonics? But Hornacek, you know, damn Marley. All these guys that just come off the bench and torture and uh, do all these annoying things. That's what Haggerty is, right? If he was a basketball player, he would be that definite off-the-bench backup point guard. Yeah, he's a spark player, you know, the one that can do just certain things really well and just impact the game and his game is like that he tries to impact it on the bases obviously in his base running and stealing and that's amazing and then he can play a pretty good outfield you know he's not the best out there but he's not the worst and he just impacts the game usually on the games he plays yeah and if he was a football player he'd be that depth wide receiver that comes in and just burns you Right, he just comes yeah. in and burns you, you know, on the third downs and stuff. He's like, kind of got a little bit of a little golden Tate to him, you know what I mean? Hey, Richie, there's a couple guys here to see you. Hey, what can I do for you guys? Your name's Zisk. Yeah, that's right. Who are you guys? We're uh, from Chicago. Yeah, I noticed your uh, white socks. So, uh, what do you want? We understand you're pretty good with a bat. Yeah, I uh, do okay. How about maybe tonight you strike out a few times? You know, maybe you uh, pop up. What do you say? Oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I couldn't possibly do that. I'm a mariner. He was pretty harsh on the offense, but he was really, really, like, pretty harsh on one of my favorite players. You know, I got a soft spot for him, especially from being down in Long Beach, California, where I live from few years uh jp crawford uh 
I know he's looking into next year. He's talking all. I don't want to really dig into like what we should do in the off season with the middle of infield or the left side of the infield because I'm focused on what's going on right now. But he did point out about how bad he has been hitting um, and not barreling the ball, all kinds of stuff. And you know, there's a little bit of truth to that right now. What, what do you think about all this uh, talk? about JP. I know he put out a tweet today saying that the Mariners, you know, need that he needs to not be the long-term commitment for shortstop. Uh, what do you make of all this and what do you think's going on with JP? What do you just lay it on? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely regressed since the beginning of the year. He's played really good defense like he always does. But yeah, he's kind of a guy, you know, that's hit all over our lineup. And he hasn't, you know, been as hot lately. But, you know, I like it when he works the ball and goes the other way, a little slap hit. You know, he bunted this game, this last series, which was nice. And then every once in a while, he can really turn on one. And I'm hoping to see a lot more of that because every hit and run is going to be crucial down the stretch. And he does have a lot of weapons to use when he's up at the plate as far as trying to get on base with slapping the ball on the ground and running and running yeah. and so yeah he, I, you know there's not much more to say there's not another guy to replace him or whatever he is what he is and hopefully he starts seeing the ball a lot better and and improves his contact rate yeah I just like to see a lot less of the pop-ups from him uh, like you oh, said, no going doubt. the ball the other way, slapping the ball the other way, opening up the field. Um, definitely just want to see him put the ball on the ground because he's, he's got some speed. I know Jason Churchill was trying to say he's his defense has digressed this season. I don't see that. I, 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 I disagree with him on that. You can, you know, he can sit there at, you know, on the computer and make this shit up, but I, I don't agree with him. I think he's had a really good defensive year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I know that guy, Jason, is really analytical driven and has all these stats to, you know, back up his comments. So, you know, that's just stuff I mean, that I'm not into as much. It's more just the eye test. And, yeah, I mean, he, he's been very um, successful for the most part for us, making the routine plays this year. I mean, and I feel, like that, a little bit. I feel like that New York game, that 13-inning game, he had so many great moments in that game. So many, so many parts of that game in these big plays, whether it was the double plays or the rundowns or, or you know, just jump, you know, making, you know, robbing hits. There was just a lot of JP in that game. Absolutely. You know, sometimes when we go through these rough stretches or we're just finding something to talk about, you can really nitpick every player really hardcore. And, you know, maybe that's what's going on here. I agree kind of with, his assessment about next year, but we'll talk about that down the road. Mm -hmm. And, but I mean, he, he's like you said, impacted the game defensively a lot and been a pretty darn good, consistent shortstop. And then he was talking about, you know, the best pure hitter. I know a lot of people are talking about this, but the best pure hitter uh, on the team, Ty France. Um, I know Churchill was talking about this. I know I listened earlier about Mike Salk where, he was calling for him to sit down for another 10 days and, uh, you know, bring somebody up from the minors and put 
uh, Santana at first. I don't think that's the the key here. I don't. He says he's fine. He says he's uh, not, you know, injured. I know he's getting probably through something. I would have to say, but so is everybody in baseball that plays every single day this time of year. It's just it's how it how it goes. Um, he is swinging at some really bad pitches outside. Maybe he's just not seeing the ball as well. Uh, right now, um, some people say maybe you're guessing when you're injured, you'll start just guessing like players do this at the end of their career. Apparently I just feel like he's just going through a slump and like some of the greatest hitters go through slumps. We all know that we don't need to break that down. Um, do I think maybe you could put him somewhere else in the lineup? I think so. Uh, I mean, I feel like I would like to have Hanniger in that two slot that seemed to work really well last year. Um, I don't, I don't think sitting him down is anything. And if the guy says he's not injured, he's not injured. Uh, do I think he's one hundred percent? No, but I don't think a lot of players are one hundred percent right now. What do you What do you think? What What do you think about all this Ty France shit we've been seeing? I mean, I I really don't have too much to add other than what you said. I agree with all of it. Yeah. He might be injured a little bit or what, but he's just in a slump. Baseball players go through those. And like you said, maybe the only thing I would do would be drop him in the lineup till he gets his eye back and starts seeing the ball better. He's too good of a hitter to continue hitting like this for this long. Yeah. Uh, um, one other thing. I'm not sure if it was him. He said some other things that just seem like too much. Why are we looking down the road into the, postseason and what I mean into the offseason and what moves we were talking about I know he was talking about brash of like hey his value right now is this killer uh, relief pitcher but also he's really a starter Um, it's kind of irrelevant right now I think he's one of our best (laughs) relievers and he's a big part of what's going to be going on down the stretch so we'll just hop over that and I think he was talking about this six starter with flexing that you know We've only seen him, you know, a couple of times and he hasn't pitched much. He's probably well rested and, you know, he's a good pitcher. He's a good solid five in this league. And you got somebody like, you know, Logan that, you know, maybe if you skipped him a start, take a little bit of off of his workload, um, it wouldn't be too bad of a thing. I feel like I have to agree with that I do feel like to keep flexing um, effective for what we're going to use them for, you definitely got to throw them a start here or there, especially when that's the way you've been training, you know, for so long. And also I feel like certain players, maybe like a Logan, of course I want him in there every time on the bump because he gives us a chance to win, but so does flexing and, you know, maybe some rest, some extended rest could possibly benefit this. I I, I don't know. I mean, uh, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, Logan, lately, the last month or so, has been struggling. Um, he's, they've hit the ball hard off of him. You know, it's his second or it's his second full season in the bigs. Um. So, yeah, he's probably fatiguing a little bit. So I would agree with, you know, skipping him a start and throwing Flexen in there. I think their idea with Flexen possibly was to come in in a long relief or help out in games where the starter isn't 
you know, didn't have a good start, you know, or cover for Marco if he can't go very long. But yeah, it, it's not a bad idea to uh, try to work him in there. That would be the best case scenario, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think just right now, we've just reached this part in the schedule where we've weirdly had some days off. So, you know, the six starter has been, you know, not as needed. Um, right now, but I think coming down the stretch, you might see that, uh, I'd have to go look at the schedule. You know, you could, it's, it, it's a real good luxury to have right now, um, to even be able to be like, Hey, we could, uh, hold somebody back a start, but also, you know, you want your killers out there. You only got 40 more shots at this, which means each, uh, pitchers got like seven or eight more starts. So I understand the part of like, well, one less day without Logan maybe doesn't or one less week without Logan doesn't really feel good. So, I mean, I'm pretty mixed on it, but I like, I just feel like when something is not happening and when something's not coming together, like it was, and it's just, you could point at a million things, but also just the workload you can always point your finger at. So I just feel like, just taking a rest and a breather, maybe big picture going down the rest of the way wouldn't be too bad of a thing. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about this if the last month he hasn't struggled compared to how he came out of the gate, you know, how he's been. So, yeah, we have been very lucky to be have all our starters make every start this year, but it's certainly nice to have that extra guy to spot start if something should go wrong. Towards the end of the season here. And one other thing that uh, I thought he, I think he did this too, was he looked up some stats here. Um, You know, the Mariners, I know a lot of us feel like this just off the recent memory and stuff like that. There's this thing of do you play up? You could play up or down to your competition, which I think is a real thing. It really is. I feel like there is a human emotion into that. We've all played sports. We know how it is. Uh, you can always overlook an opponent. I'm not saying every time that happens, but I'm sure it happens. I'm sure that's part of uh, some part of this, uh, you know, last week or so, like where you just, you had this like week where you played the Yankees, what, six times out of nine days you know, you're getting your players back. You're, you're playing in front of these fans. You're playing in front of New York. And then, yeah, then you're playing, you know, in Oakland in front of 9,000 people. And, and to be fair, two of them aren't even watching. They're busting nuts up in the uh, upper deck. It, you know, it, it definitely can seem that way, but the numbers say right now that the Mariners have beaten teams that are 500 and below 62% of the time. So the Mariners are taking care of the teams that they need to, they have at least all season, but yes, it can also be a, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. And then you look at this road trip that's, you know, they ended up being five and four and nine games, but at the end of the day, they still came home above 500 on the road trip. It's not like, look, if Texas and Oakland came in here and did this at T-Mobile Park, I think there would be much more concern um, than them being out on the road and losing these games. I know you got to win road games, but I'm just saying it's 
it's a bit of an overreaction, but definitely a cause for some concern and some, you know, constructive criticism right now. The previous series, you know, we took care of the uh, Angels who aren't playing for anything. They have a lot of new guys, guys that are just starting their careers. But then on the other side, you know, we come into Oakland, we just boat race them the first game. And then, you know, they take the final two of the series. And, you know, those guys are just young players just trying to make a name for themselves. I know it's probably they at times really easy for those guys to play loose and everything. They got nothing to lose. And I am in Oakland. So it's just, it's baseball, basically. That's all I got to say. Yeah, and you're right. You said it right there. This is the, the most dangerous teams to play right now down the stretch are the teams with nothing to lose, which the Mariners have been many, many times. And speaking of people with not much to lose and making a name for themselves, you've waited for it. You've been sifting through the episode at this point, wondering if it's going to be mentioned. Yes, we are going to be talking about the blowjob by the bay. Hey, everybody, gather round. Disco Dan is back in town. Loosen up. Loosen up. Shake it off. Settle down. Loosen up. Danny. Shake it off. Settle down. Loosen up. Danny. Loosen up. Loosen up. Shaking it. Breaking it. Get a hit. Danny. If you guys haven't heard the story yet, uh, Hanno, why don't you break it down? What happened? Um, so, you know, Oakland has a sparse crowd, and um, somebody um, with their camera phone caught a picture of a couple up in the absolute nosebleed section of the stadium and left center field away from everybody um, getting intimate and um, having a little sex. So it was a woman going down on uh, a male in the top row of seems to be what left the left field line. Yeah, down there in the corner. I mean, I I just I don't even know how this happens. I I could only think like maybe uh, maybe it was a bet. You know, I don't know. Like, hey, the the A's are gonna win this series, and she's like bullshit, and she's like, oh no, I'm sure of it. If they lose. They look. <laughs> I'll give you a blowjob if they if they lose the series in the stadium, and then maybe it happened. I don't know what part of the game this was. Maybe that doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. insane. The internet caught somebody again, you know. So that you know, be careful what you do at stadiums because I don't think it would have even been a big deal unless someone saw this and decided to post it. I just the, the crazy thing to me about this this whole thing is the Oakland uh, Police Department is opening up an investigation about this. Yeah, I heard that, and they're looking to maybe prosecute them with a uh, penalty of six months in jail. Yeah, it says here. Like, uh, I'll just read the TMZ article right here. It says. Uh, if you look it up, if you need more reference than me rambling on about it, it's a couple allegedly, like you said, had had a sex act in the stands at the A's game on Sunday, and now the police tell TMZ they're investigating all. The two Major League Baseball fans, I love how they're called MLB fans, were accused of going at it at some point during the Athletics uh, Mariners uh, game at 
Ring Central Coliseum. Uh, when the spectator in another part of the stadium appeared to capture the two getting it on in the last rows of the venue, the footage appears to show the woman performing oral sex on the man for several seconds. For So for a few seconds. So I'm guessing maybe this was part of the game when the Mariners were up because that's about as long as they can last. Um, I get it. This might be the last year or maybe next year. I mean, there's, there's not much time left at, uh, you know, in Oakland, sadly. So maybe this was just, you know, a huge bucket list thing. I am fuck. I commend. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one of these things. It's just, you know, goes down. There's more history to this field. We've had the seagulls. We've had so much history, you know, the, the earthquake series, uh, all of the Raiders games that were played there, these big moments. And, you know, now it's, you know, it seems like it's fading away and crumbling. And this, this, I think is the cherry on top of everything that has ever happened there. Absolutely. And then to, uh, kind of finish it up, um, Obviously, today, then, there were fans, you know, being funny and scouting the upper deck for people. And the only thing that was different this time, the Oakland Alameda Stadium now has uh, security guards about every other tunnel up in that upper deck just to uh, keep an eye on things, even though probably there is less than a couple thousand people that sit up there yeah and i've been to many games there and those ushers do not fuck around i think i've mentioned this on the show if it doesn't matter if there's four empty sections if you have your your seats in the 18th row you cannot move down it doesn't matter if the next 17 rows and 17 sections are empty no you sit exactly where your where your ticket is i mean fuck they probably got more ushers than fans at that fucking game um, so that's what I'm, I'm actually surprised about. <laughs> like, I mean, here, let's just say these, these people get caught, you know, how they're going to get caught is, I mean, this is like a braggable thing, right? You might brag to your, your best friend, or she might brag to her girlfriend. And then, you know, late one night they're sitting around watching TV, you know, they have an eviction notice on the door and then they see a crime stoppers or they see an unsolved mystery episode and they're like, there's a reward for this. This is how this all breaks down. No, I know it'll happen. It'll be solved on TikTok. What am I kidding? <laughs> well, we're running out of time, but I definitely want to uh, finish that off, finish the episode off uh, with that. Um, <laughs> anyways. Yeah, that really concludes the uh, road trip. It does. It does. It uh Basically, yes, if you want me to uh, put a bow on this episode, I guess that road trip sucked dick. <laughs> but just for a couple of seconds. Just for a couple of seconds. All right. Sorry. And if you and to wrap up this episode, yeah, we know it blew. Um, anyways, uh, thanks again. This is episode 33. This is Hanno up in Ed. I got Hanno here up in Edmonds. Uh, 
This is our podcast called Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast that we started right here on Buzzsprout. So if you want to, you know, maybe start your own podcast and talk about, I don't know, fans having sex in arenas or something like that, you need to get your message out to the world. Buzzsprout is the place to do it. Just go onto my show notes, follow the link that's on there. There's a $20. Also, there's a $20 gift card waiting for you if you sign up today. That's right. We're going to give you 20 bucks to start a podcast. I think that's a pretty good deal. I didn't get that deal. I did not get that deal. Trust me. Yeah, and we're going to be back this week with episodes 34 and 35. And later this weekend, I am going to be headed back up to Seattle. I will be there for Ichiro Week, and we'll get more into that on the next episode. Also, there might be a bonus episode this week. And you know how you get these bonus episodes or know when they show up? Pretty easy. All you got to do is follow or subscribe. Then, you know, you get the notifications when anything drops. You know, you know there's there's no guessing game. You don't, you don't have to call somebody up and be like, hey, did they put out an episode or not? I'm not finding it. No, you just, it'll come right to you, right to your phone, right to your tablet, right to your iPad, you know, right to your old uh, iTunes I don't know if it'll go to your iPod, but anyways, you get the drift. And, you know, if you have something to say, reach out to us at the rye, rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I think that's about it. That's about as much as we can do tonight. <laughs> this has been episode 33 of the rye bread and mustard podcast. Hannah, you know what time it is. Charge.